Today, we are following our programming. As yesterday, we covered tools and best practices and platforms for live streaming, especially looking at software with something completely different and uh, very poignant. I am streaming to you from Bergamo, Italy, which until today uh, and for the past several weeks has been the global epicenter of the COVID-19 pandemic. It is not something that you would expect. We are taught that the perception that we are the center of the world is wrong. That uh, the various Copernican revolutions teaching us that our place on the planet, in the solar system and in the universe is not special, is the right attitude. And yes, that is true in general. It is the right thing to put oneself in, in that kind of mindset, but sometimes it is not. Sometimes you are the superstar, uh, the rock legend or the movie star, the highest paid person in your industry or the president of a country. And those are good things. Sometimes your special place is connotated by something pretty bad. When the COVID-19 epidemic started, or at least when it has been recognized as an epidemic with which an increasing number of people would have had uh, to, to deal with, it was far from many of us. It was in China. It was um, in a region and a city that we have, most of us never heard of. And many of us had a hard time even pronouncing Wuhan. And then we learned that uh, it is a city of 15 million people in a region of 70 million people in a country of more than a billion, 1.4, do they know how many? Are those counts uh, the Chinese census reliable? Are the numbers of the epidemic reliable? Those were the first questions that we were asking ourselves. Uh, what is going on uh, in the wet market? Uh, animals uh, commingling with uh, humans. What is the source of uh, this contagion and the virus that uh, causes it? What is the virus? For some time, uh, we didn't know. And while we were worried we didn't believe that it could, over the course of a few weeks, go out of China in an increasing number of countries and, in fact, 
an increasing number of people. One of the reasons we didn't know is because we are not accustomed to dealing with phenomena that has this kind of explosive growth. I have been analyzing, studying, teaching, and implementing in my businesses what uh, we call in the industry exponential technologies. And these have been for the good, an increasing computing power, an increasing ability to communicate with each other, uh, an increasing ability to sense the world and act on our understanding of the world. There is a wonderful website, Our World in Data, that collects and illustrates how over the course of the past 50, 100, 200 years, the human condition radically improved thanks to technology, thanks to our ever-increasing understanding of how the universe works. The fact that uh, the contagion due to what is now called COVID-19, uh, the disease, uh, and the virus itself, which is uh, uh, SARS-2-CoV, the fact that the diffusion of this contagion is non-linear was hard for most of the people to understand. And we were dearly in need of, of trying to understand it because we tended to act always too late. Whether we are talking about the Chinese local government, the Chinese health care authorities, the Chinese central government, or almost every other country that has been involved in this ongoing disaster. The fact that uh, uh, we are not prepared to understand those numbers is important and fairly well understood in many, many circles, why that is the case. And today I don't want to get in too much detail about it because tomorrow actually at the same time, 7 uh, p.m. Central European time, and unless there is the summer savings time change tonight at 2 p.m. Eastern time and 11 a.m. Pacific time in the US, we are going to talk about exponential technologies, what they mean, how they impact the world, and how they can prepare us to act in the right manner, hopefully, under the conditions that we are seeing right now. If you want to make sure that uh, you don't miss the next day of searching for the question live, then uh, please subscribe to the various uh, channels where uh, it airs. You can uh, 
look up David Orban everywhere. And uh, even though there are other people named like me in most of the places, uh, you will easily find me. And so you can subscribe to my YouTube channel where there's a, a playlist for uh, the searching for the question live videos. The reason I'm using Zoom is not because the other uh, of the playlist that you may want to check out is the context. Uh, the context has been um, ongoing for over a year uh, on a weekly basis, and it covers many topics trying to give you a deeper and broader reading of uh, what is going on uh, around us uh, in a manner that hopefully you will appreciate. The context is um, still being produced and I am planning to keep producing it in parallel with searching for the question live. And tomorrow's episode of uh, the context is about collective intelligence. You can receive it already today uh, if you join me as a supporter on Patreon and you can interact at uh, various levels uh, in order to build together a better understanding uh, of our world. So, as I said, it was very hard for me to realize that Bergamo, where I have a beautiful home, a wife, and uh, in the area two uh, of uh, my three children uh, are still living, that Bergamo would become the epicenter of this global pandemic. But that is what happened. You see here a photo uh, of me uh, with uh, a face mask, wear one, don't omit wearing one, please. And yes, obviously I should cut my beard. The face mask is less effective, radically so, uh, with a beard because uh, it is not adhering to my mouth with the degree that it could uh, without uh, all that fa facial hair. Now, an important comment on everything that I will be saying. Uh, I am not a medical professional. I am not an epidemiologist. I am not a sociologist. I am not an economist. I am not a politician or policymaker. I am not a lot of things. So please, everything I say, be extremely skeptical, healthily so. Check out uh, what uh, you hear going to the source, going to professional sources, to the health professionals, to the epi epidemiologists, uh, that are 
collating information and publishing information uh, at a rate that uh, it's actually hard to uh, to um, absorb. And luckily, and 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 I am happy to to uh, to know that most of the information is freely available, meaning that even those scientific publications that typically lock away their articles uh, behind paywalls with each article costing 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 dollars uh, at, at subscription rates that even the richest uh, universities are having a hard time uh, to, to, to be able to afford. Uh, these days, uh, it is possible to get the articles about COVID-19 and the coronavirus pandemic for free on places like Lancet and uh, the New York Times and, and other places where you can go and know that the information uh, is uh, thoroughly checked. It may still be wrong. It may still make, it may still contain mistakes, but it will be honestly analyzed. And if mistakes are found, it will be updated. And the way that uh, you are uh, looking at me and whatever I say skeptically, uh, that should guide you in other things that you are also uh, looking at. Um, this uh, image that you are seeing uh, is uh, an easy reference, not only for journalists that uh, will be um, reporting and commenting and analyzing the pandemic day after day for a long time. But if you look at it and you understand the guidelines described uh, in uh, uh, this list of how to report responsibly on COVID-19, you will be able to use it as a checklist. Is this article, is this reporting worthy of my attention? Worthy of being shared on social media, for example. In Bergamo, uh, I have a wonderful home. I am lucky. Uh, and the social uh, infrastructure is strong, even though uh, we cannot today hug each other and kiss each other on the cheek and have uh, a cappuccino in the morning with a croissant as uh, uh, Italians do. Uh, people are expressing their strong belief that the social structure will hold. In the local dialect, Bergen Mola Mia. Uh, I cannot actually speak the local dialect. Um, I speak a good Italian. Uh, but most of the time people ask me if I'm a foreigner because I don't have a regional accent. And here in the Bergamo region, everybody speaks the Bergamo uh, dialect, which is practically a, a language with its own vocabulary, grammar, and uh, I cannot even understand it. 
So Bergamolamia means Ber Bergamo doesn't give up. Andrà tutto bene. Everything will be fine. For the moment, everything is, is, is not fine. Um, I first uh, saw uh, the things uh, that were described in China as during the lockdown, as it was starting right here and then rapidly extended to the entire country of 60 million people, all of Italy, the streets would be completely empty, no traffic, total silence. And with the spring coming, you would only see the birds, hear the birds uh, singing and the sirens of ambulances bringing the people who are ill into the hospitals, getting ever more crowded and filled even in their um, most important units uh, where the, the people who are uh, the, the, the illest or the most ill uh, can be cared for. But even before this lockdown happened, I was on the verge to actually hop on a plane to go to South Korea, where my daughter is uh, after turning 20, she told us that she was moving there, and she did in November, just four months before uh, the pandemic hit uh, South Korea and Seoul, where she resides. And I was really worried about her, especially because he developed a fever and she was coughing. And it could have been, and maybe it was, just the seasonal flu or a cold, but we didn't know. And I was able to, to do the rational thing. And I was able not to open a plane and not to go because if she were ill, I would get infected. If she wasn't, she would be fine. And besides, as I landed, probably I would have been put in um, an isolation room to for two weeks in a in a in a quarantine and would have served very little purpose so i i didn't go she felt better and then the lockdown happened all over italy just the other day my other son had his birthday so as many of you are doing these days, uh, we had to gather around a group uh, video call and sing a happy birthday uh, since we couldn't be together. As you go shopping, people are very disciplinedly queuing for half an hour, an hour, an hour and a half, even before being able to enter uh, into the supermarket, two meters, six feet between each other, waiting their turn because the supermarket is not allowed by law, admitting uh, more than a given number of people depending on their surface area. 
but what was really hard happened uh, a few uh, days after, just a couple of days ago. Because we, we knew that uh, the situation was difficult, we realized that a lot of people were getting sick. We realized that these numbers that were uh, being reported of thousands and then tens of thousands, and soon we will be uh, at 100,000 people uh, infected, proportionally meant that about 20% of them would need to be hospitalized and a proportion of those hospitalized would need to be put in the intensive care units, which are limited in number. And if a, an intensive care bed is occupied by somebody that is ill with COVID-19, he or she will be there for at least a couple of weeks. And that bed cannot accommodate another person. And, uh, and the ventilator or the respirator or the uh, intubation process that allows that person to keep breathing while his or her body is fighting the infection and the pneumonia that goes with it may be ill with, with other things as well. And if the bed is occupied the person needing the respirator and the ventilator is not going to get it. And that person is going to die. And there is now a situation uh, in Bergamo and in Lombardy in general, where the lethality that is going to be calculated at the end of the pandemic, when we will know all the data and we will say these are the number of people who got ill independently of how many got infected because we will never know the exact number of the people infected and out of those who got ill this is the proportion that died and then we will say it was bad very bad or catastrophic Believe me, we will not say it was just like a flu. But that is then. What is happening now is that we are not able to even attempt to cure those who are ill because the doctors, the nurses, the assistants, the infrastructure, the hospitals, the beds, everything is saturated and oversaturated. This has been made incredibly powerfully uh, clear through photographs that started circulating a couple of days ago. This photo that you are seeing uh, is the entrance to the Bergamo hospital where ambulances are queuing up. There are so many that are bringing people. And what happens when those people cannot be treated 
is that they die. There are so many of them dying that they are now collecting and piling up the dead people in the churches because the places where they are kept regularly are not enough anymore. And this was the hardest. A convoy of military trucks, 60, 70 military trucks in nighttime, taking the dead to be cremated in other regions because not even the cremation process can hold up. You can um, go to the source here as well. Um, these images are from La Repubblica, uh, one of the leading uh, Italian uh, daily newspapers. And you can use Google Translate uh, to read it uh, in English very easily and to understand what is going on. The numbers are very different from what you are hearing. Um, in China, um, the fatality rate has been reported to be about uh, uh, 3%, 3.4%, if I'm not mistaken. Fine, great. Not great because it's 30 times 30 times, three zero, 30 times more than the fatality rate of a seasonal flu. But in Lombardy, not if you get the coronavirus, not if you get sick, but if you have to go to, to the hospital, right now, 33% fatality rate. One third of the people who go in a hospital don't come out if not dead. And that has a lot of uh, different kinds of implications. A few days ago, I happened to tune in on some platform. I barely remember which. Um, when uh, Baratunde Thorsten a Brooklyn-based um, author, speaker, um, very funny comedian, but also a very smart guy, uh, started um, his own live stream. Um, and I uh, hooked up with, uh, with uh, the live stream because he was showing uh, uh, a very heartbreaking uh, image uh, and video uh, of somebody leafing through the, uh, the local newspaper and uh, the number of people dead was occupying 10 pages uh, being listed in the newspaper. So uh, we did a little impromptu interview that was picked up uh, by now this. And uh, now this has uh, uh, quite a few followers. Um, it has um, 14 million followers on uh, Facebook. Um, 
and millions of others on Twitter and Instagram. And I am very glad that they uh, shared this uh, um, because I wanted to really send a message that the United States, whose turn unfortunately is now to become the epicenter, must take this very, very seriously. And I had the impression two, three days ago that it wasn't happening. I still believe that it is not happening at a degree that it must. Let's uh, watch the uh, interview with Baratunde Torsten as uh, edited and published by Now This Together. If you have a good chance of surviving, then you get the uh, intensive care. If not, you're going to die. Realism Please. is Please. more important than hope. Uh, the yeah. U.S. Yeah. runs the risk of being hit even harder because of the delay of the measures. The fact that schools are not being closed, the fact that people who should stay home don't stay home because they are afraid of losing their jobs so they go to work even if they are sick, is a premise for infections that are going to explode. me it it sounds like what we've been reading is true so it sounds like a like a war type situation uh which is not very good do you have any sense of how long you're going to be in this kind of hold pattern in terms of staying just staying in your home uh, the government uh, uh, imposed a lockdown about uh, 10 days ago uh, maybe a little less and it should officially last for another 10 days, but it is practically sure that they will renew the, uh, the measures. Uh, what people have been afraid of, of the health care system being overrun by uh, everybody being sick is what is happening here so that uh, there are not enough uh, intensive care uh, beds and uh, whether you have the coronavirus or you have a stroke there is a competition for who gets a cure and uh, the, uh, the doctors have to decide if you have a good chance of surviving then you get the uh, intensive care if not, you're gonna die. Every day that extreme measures are imposed increases the number of sick people who are running the risk of dying. And the difference of the fatality rate uh, between what is in South Korea, for example, and what uh, we are seeing in, in Italy, and what is going to be in the US, is how quickly the measures have been put in place. So hoping is not gonna make it. Everybody individually should 
self-impose the measures. If the government is not smart enough to, to, to tell people what they should do, the smart people should do it by themselves. Don't mix up with others. Don't go to the restaurants. Don't go to the pubs. Don't go to concerts. 500 people or more is ridiculous. Five people or more shouldn't happen. So uh, the reason I wanted you to uh, watch this um, very well prepared uh, video uh, is because it really drives the point home, I hope. And, and in the video, I remarked that hope is, is uh, not enough. The point there was that we have to act. We have to uh, be proactive. And we have to be able to mentally and rationally double check all the things that we are doing, the right things that are going to lead to outcomes that we are happy with. If you stay home, you are not going to get sick if you are infected with the virus, you are not going to infect others. If you get sick at home and everybody else is at home as well, then the likelihood that you will be able to uh, get the help you need from a local hospital is much more, much higher than if irresponsibly we increase the infection rate and as a consequence, the proportion of people who are sick. The interesting part in my opinion, and we will talk more about this uh, in uh, future days of searching for the question live, is that the opportunity to learn is there. Italy wasn't able to learn from the example of South Korea. In South Korea, there is an enormous amount of testing going on and an enormous amount of tracking and tracing those who are positive, who did they come in contact with? In Italy, unfortunately, even though at the beginning it appeared that testing was being done in large enough numbers, it turned out that wasn't the case. And look at the difference. This is uh, from uh, a, an Italian newspaper, but you can see from the beginning of the infection, the total number of cases in Korea was kept under control, less than 10,000 cases. Why, if at the beginning they were tracking each other in Italy, the cases exploded. And there are other countries that did even better than Korea. Japan, Singapore, Hong Kong could have had 
tens or hundreds of thousands of people infected, but they didn't because they were able to put in place what they learned from 10 years ago when they were facing the SARS epidemic and they had um, emergency plans, testing facilities, uh, digital applications for tracking uh, uh, people, and they use them. This chart shows you from day zero of the infection, what happens in the various countries. And you see that all of them go in the same direction. The chart, by the way, uh, is a logarithmic chart, means that the vertical axis represents orders of grand magnitude, 500, 5,000, 50,000, rather than 500, 600, 700, right? So going from a given uh, position to another one, if uh, uh, on day five, there are 500 cases here, and on day 10, we are twice high, it means there are 5,000 cases. And as in, in Italy, on day 20, we have 50,000 cases, more or less. And you may notice that the slope of this line on which uh, the US uh, appears to be is even steeper you see that it is shooting up and is running the risk of becoming very rapidly the country with the most new cases on a daily basis. And then shortly after with the most cases overall. Now, interestingly, uh, the way that we can look at this data, and there are a lot of people who are looking at the data, uh, is can show us uh, other things as well. As you plot the numbers, you can actually slide the numbers so that independently from the date, you understand what is going on and what is going to be going on. Because if for seven days in a given country, the numbers have gotten high, and in another country in seven days, the numbers get that high, the likelihood is that it will continue. That is why there's no reason to be complacent. You have to act uh, in order to be able to intervene like Hong Kong and Singapore and Japan and also Taiwan intervened, or at least as South Korea intervened.
And as we try to understand what are the things that help, a lot of people are, are thinking, is it the fact that there is almost universal use of masks in Japan and Singapore and Hong Kong also a reason? So we will go back to, to talk about uh, many things concerning the COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, uh, I know that uh, there will be a lot of uh, things to, uh, to talk about. Um, I want to thank uh, those of you uh, that uh, joined uh, the stream and sent questions uh, or remarks uh, on uh, Facebook or on other platforms. And uh, I, I want to invite you uh, to keep uh, uh, doing that. Uh, we struggle and uh, uh, the psychological impact of, uh, of the struggle is uh, something that you must not underestimate. Um, it is natural to struggle. I like uh, this uh, image uh, for geeks and nerds. It says, that from birth to death, through time, you struggle. And that is what life is in a quite nice mathematical formula of an integral. I like it. Um, this is my wife, Diana, uh, when we met. And this is us. Uh, some 30 plus years later in Cuba, actually. Uh, and uh, I'm sure that you have uh, people that you care about that uh, you want to make sure that uh, can weather the storm. That is what, why you want to be smart. For yourself, yes but mostly for the others. So I want to, to end uh, today's uh, uh, live stream with a funny, funny note, um, poking um, fun at uh, conspiracy theorists. Uh, I found this uh, image on Facebook. I don't know the original source. It says, oh, you are just a puppet, the government. Uh, controls you, which is in turn controlled by mainstream media. And the mainstream media is controlled by the financial establishment. In turn, the puppeteers of the Illuminati control the financial establishment. But of course, the aliens control the Illuminati. And we just learned that the toilet paper producers control everything. So I hope that made you laugh a little bit. Uh, tomorrow, um, at the same time, uh, searching for the question live, uh, please join again on all the platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and we will be introducing more platforms as uh, they um, become available to be uh, captured or 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 
interfaced uh, in the setup that, uh, that I'm using. And tomorrow we are going to talk about exponential technologies and jolting technologies, those whose rate of acceleration is increasing. You can support uh, the live stream as well as the context, my weekly video, by becoming a supporter on Patreon. And uh, if you invested an hour almost of your life watching this video, it probably means that uh, you like what you hear. And you can express that in many, many different ways. And a good way of expressing it is uh, to become a supporter on Patreon. Uh, there is a suggested sum of $5 a month, and you can pick that or lesser or, or, or larger sums as well. Thank you and see you tomorrow.